0: Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, let's talk about death and how our time on this planet is fleeting. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome or welcome back to episode seven of the Cut the Cameras podcast. It is just me today. I'm not joined by any guests, and I'm going to be talking about impermanence, spirituality, existentialism, and more. This is something that has been on my mind a lot over the past year, two years. And uh, I've been waiting to have an outlet to talk about it, so I'm kind of excited. First and foremost, I want to give a little trigger warning. I am going to be touching on some sensitive subjects. Not in detail, not in depth, but um, the idea of impermanence and dying. Not in a dark way, but rather how we can utilize those concepts to help motivate ourselves and use it as a guiding point in our lives. So... If that's going to be overwhelming for you, click off or forever hold your peace. Before I get into the actual content of the episode, let's start with my high and my low. My high, we'll start on a good note, is last night I got accepted into my first university. Um, It was my first, like, response letter, and it was an acceptance letter in New York City. Yeah, well now, the only issue with that is I have a lot to think about, because I'm in a very lucky situation where I'm applying to universities in multiple countries, uh, I, at least four, I think I've cut some down that I'm going to apply to, but I have Spain, Germany, the UK, and the US are the the countries that I'm applying in. And now that I've been accepted and I'm still working on some applications, I'm like, not only do I have to decide like what school is going to be a good fit for me, but I could also be like altering the entire trajectory of my future, culturally speaking, and just Surrounding speaking, because if I go to a university in Spain, that's gonna alter who I am. The people who I'm around are gonna have a direct impact on me for four years, versus the US, I'll be two completely different people. Like New York City, I'll be a New Yorker. (sighs) It's kind of an overwhelming thought. And then my low of the week in the last episode with Juan and Ryland, I was talking about how my high was that I booked plane tickets to go back to my town in Germany and unfortunately those plans were canceled last minute because my friend who I was going to stay with tested positive for covid and I didn't want to like go regardless and not see her but now she's negative for covid and it's just like I canceled it and then she told me she was negative and yeah it really did bum me out it's okay it's okay i have other plans in place This weekend, thanks to my great friends here, we're just gonna move on and take it as a sign from the universe, which is pretty fitting for today's topics. So let's just get right into it. Now, I am using the terms impermanent spirituality and existentialism, but I'm using them pretty loosely because I think I'm using them as like an all encompassing term of everything under the large umbrella that are these three topics so if i'm talking about existentialism it may not be like the most straightforward it may be like my experience well it is going to be my experience because hello so little disclaimer let's talk about it what is existentialism for those who don't know existentialism is the philosophical belief that we are each responsible for creating like purpose and meaning within our own lives our individual purpose or meaning is not given to us by gods, governments, teachers, authorities. Like, it is us. It is internal. And it's just, for me, my my experience with this is that, like, sometimes it's hard to create meaning because the universe is so much bigger than us. Which, don't click off. I know you're like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But it can be kind of depressing or hard to comprehend, I guess, how much is in existence beyond ourselves, because our world really does revolve around us as humans, but it also can be used as a reference point for your daily mindset and attitude if you attempt to comprehend or grasp the idea that there is so much more out there. A few months ago, I believe it was back in June, I was in my room one morning and the sun was coming into it through the window, And I was standing and the sun was like hitting my skin and I was looking at this sunlight on my skin and I had this very like normal, like I had this epiphany that wasn't much of an epiphany because it's pretty common sense. But I was like, hold up, the sun is in space, in outer space, is coming onto this planet, within this planet it's coming to my house and then in my room like the sun the sun is in space and the sun is in my room if you know what i mean like a product of the sun the light and the warmth and the radiate like the glow that it was causing on my skin i was like what what how can it be in both and i had this little i don't even know how this connects but i, I anyway i had a little mini crisis existential crisis moment and i started writing in my journal and i'm talking like a million miles per minute um, my, or a million, (laughs) a million miles, a million words per minute. My hand never moves so fast. So I'm going to read this. It's going to sound a little crazy, but this is, this is my experience with the idea of existentialism. On June 30th, I said, I'm feeling very weird right now. I was looking up at the sun thinking about the fact that there's supposedly a big ball of fire science in the space. Um, also what is space also why can it affect our earth also what is our earth like why does this stuff exist but also how is existence a thing like if the galaxy or solar system didn't exist then where then there would be nothing but nothing where like where would that nothing exist where are we and (laughs) what is this what is existence or are we here or sorry why are we here and how are we here and how did existence come to be like, what was here before all of this? And where is here? And what is this? What the fuck? <laughs> like, that's, yeah. So that was kind of the beginning of the end for me. Because every once in a while, I will have these kind of spiral moments. Where that, that is what it feels like. It feels like I'm spiraling. Because think about that. What is existence? How is this a thing? Like, we are just so wrapped up in the parts Of existence you know like the the contents of existence if that makes any sense um but do we question the idea of existence because we're like oh why are we here but the question isn't like where is here why is this here but what is like here this place wherever all of this stuff exists because i'm talking about how the universe is so much bigger than us But where is the universe existing? Like, in order for existence to be a thing, existence has to be a thing? Does that make any sense? (sighs) Nothing can exist without existence. Existence has to exist for existence to exist. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. This is what I mean. Guys, this is what I mean when I spiral. Like, existence will always be an existence. Also, where does existence end? Like, where does the universe end? Is it infinite? Infinite where? Like, where does that infinity go? And if it's not infinite, what is after it? What is after existence? Like, on that little barrier, on that border of existence and whatever else. What's whatever else? That's so scary. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just going to take a sip of my water. Do you understand? Though, like, okay, so this is what I mean. I get a little bit uh panicky when I think about this, but but let's reel it in. Let's reel it in, and let's think about the idea that um, existence is so crazy. It is so crazy. So since we can't have all the answers or really any of the answers, we shouldn't take it for granted, or we should uh, recognize the wildness that is our being here and hopefully that could help reframe the hierarchy of the importance of issues like in our lives like kind of the idea of putting something into perspective where it's using this idea of insignificance in a way or um, just craziness uh, craziness for real to say like okay what really matters to me When I was younger, I don't know if you guys can relate, but sometimes I used to think like, what if life is just a dream and one day we all wake up? You know, did you ever have that feeling? Isn't that a possibility? Because dreaming is so wild. When you're dreaming, aren't you kind of believing the series of events? Like you can wake up in like sweating or with a fast heartbeat because you're genuinely scared. The subconscious dreaming provokes real emotion that we then have this I guess, illusion of waking up from, no, not really illusion, but um, this feeling of waking up from and then we're in another like state of reality. So it's like, in a way, maybe not so literally, like life is just a dream, but what if there was like, what if this is some figment of reality or alternate state of being, and then there's eventually, there will be some answer as to what this existence is. Cause it's almost easier to believe something's happening in my head than the reality of what's actually happening somewhere else. Cause I can't comprehend that somewhere else. So yeah, is any of this real? That's the question. And then like it also leads me to question this idea of the universe and everything out there. It's like humans have been to space. And it's not just like one or two, it's like there's there's a select handful of people who have been to outer space, been to the moon, been somewhere outside of this planet where humanity exists and this society that we've created exists. And I just want to know, you know, if you're a little astronaut out there listening to the Cut the Cameras podcast, I want to know, I'm asking you, was that not a huge moment of realization? To escape all of the societal expectations and norms that exist on this planet, all of these ideas and beliefs that humans have created for humans, for humans, by humans, (laughs) and just seeing something bigger than us firsthand, zooming out, looking at the planet that humans live on, and realizing, like, like, this is it, but there's more, and you're in the more. Does that make sense? I'm going to ask that question a lot. I'm going to say a bunch of crazy shit, And then I'm going to say, does that make sense? Because I'm seriously wondering, if it's just me, better help, honey. Like, (laughs) get on it. Um, But if not, let me know. Is that not a huge moment of realization? To be like, oh my god, actually, I've messed it up and this stuff doesn't matter because, look, there's the earth. And everything that seems significant on there is stripped away when I'm out here. Now let's let's talk about using existentialism as motivation. Um, so let's talk about the cycle, like going, like being born, going to school, eventually going to some sort of university or secondary, like higher education, I guess. You work, and then eventually you retire, which is the stereotypical path for a human. And like I've said before, it helps to create a hierarchy of what's actually important versus what we've been taught is important, which. Really, in my opinion, what it boils down to in its simplest form is just enjoying the passage of time. I heard that somewhere, and I really liked it, because because again, why are we here? What the hell? And how are we here? All of these questions. Instead of bothering yourself trying to answer them, or instead of um trying to c- convince yourself that you have like some like duties to pay, you know, like. <sighs> You might as well just enjoy it, like enjoy being here. That's one perspective. So yeah, just reframing your mind, not getting caught up in things that don't matter. As humans, we've obviously built these constructs that we cling so strongly to and spend our lives believing in just for it all to end. Like literally, hello, it is going to end. Hate to break it to you guys. But this is like both on a big scale. Like I think of like discrimination, like, come on, man like we're all we're all humans here we're so insignificant in that regard like we're going to we're going to break us up further and try and create like a biased discriminatory I don't even know what I'm trying to say but I think you get it it shouldn't even be issues man and then on a smaller scale things like trends or like having unrealistic expectations for yourself or trying to f- fulfill some sort of like material purpose I don't even I don't know how to describe it well but things like being stressed about like how you look Obviously, these are all human issues. I'm not trying to diminish the. I'm not trying to diminish the weight that they can have on some people. Even I, I'm over here preaching about it, but I obviously everyone subscribes to these constructs with, unintentionally, and sometimes it's nice just to try at least to use these ideas to put them in perspective. Because it's like, all right, actually, these little things, they don't matter. Most things that we're getting caught up in that are provoking emotions like guilt, embarrassment, insecurity, stuff like that, just doesn't matter. It simply doesn't. Because think about it. Like, how can it matter when there's other things out there? I guess, like these Earth issues, these Earth things, these humans on Earth thing. That's what I'm saying about the astronauts. When you leave Earth... Aren't you kind of like, oh my god, now I can really focus on what matters. And I don't have to focus on all this crazy earth stuff. Yeah, dude, just live and let live. I mean, the majority of the events in our lives are only significant to a small select group. And, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, but I would say that the only things that we should really care about, like really take seriously, is things that we can affect on a large scale. Like, I think of climate change. Because that's humans altering something bigger than us right? That's more, of a, that's more of an impact than just humans affecting humans. Because then we're altering the more, if you know what I mean. Like I'm talking about how much more there is than us, then we're kind of altering a part of that more. And that's the stuff where I'm like, okay, that's an issue. Technically, that is an earth issue. But it's not a human earth issue. It's, a, it's an earth issue. Well, I guess it's kind of a human issue. You know what? Growing too comfortable. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. So yeah, this is a different topic. The reason that I chose these topics for this episode is I feel like there are some connections and they are kind of all about existence and uh, the human lifestyle, but they're not the same. So don't think I'm talking about growing too comfortable like as if it's the same thing as existentialism. Um, But I heard of a book by an author, Michael Easter. It's called The Comfort Crisis. And I think recently... It's gotten a lot of like press on social media. I don't know. But if you've read it, great. You're going to know more about it than I have because I have not, in fact, read it. But I've read a lot about it, and I listened to a few chapters um, with my dad, and yeah, just some overviews. And I was more so intrigued by the ideas that were in this book than the author's personal point of view. So I kind of am using this book as a reference to speak on the ideas that the author covered in my own way. So if you haven't heard of this book, The Comfort Crisis, the idea is that these modern comforts that we have, and I would say, you know, in Western cultures, Western societies, while they're nice, they definitely have many unintentional downsides. One part of the book, he was all about growing too comfortable. We have too much at our fingertips. So in order to combat this, the author wanted to try out his ancestor's way of living um, by camping in Alaska for a month. And his three takeaways were like, Create your own rites of passage to toughen up your body and mind. Combat loneliness by staying alone in nature for a while. And life is better when you don't depend on things for happiness, but simply live instead. And then he goes on to talk about how this life of utmost comfort in Western societies could lead to many mental health issues and too much convenience compared to our ancestors who... Had to work more on a daily basis. We're a lot more self-sufficient, and um, and how we're losing touch with the life cycle, which I really think is a uh, something I want to focus more on. So the takeaway f- from the book was to find a balance between comfort and challenging situations. And my points, my the reason that I wanted to talk about this book is that I feel that as humans we are kind of finding ways to escape so many discomforts or inconveniences, and by having literally almost everything at our fingertips, quite literally, it's not even just in a city, it's the idea of like Postmates, Uber Eats, that's, that's literally at our fingertips. This idea of impermanence and something that's out of our control, something that we can't alter, can be very frightening. So yeah, that leads me to the impermanence section, which really does tie into this book again, I'll reference it in a bit as well. And I would like to start this section with a little quote. Without impermanence, all of life would be impossible. A seed could not grow into a fruit, for it would forever remain a seed. A baby could not become an adult, an idea could not become a plan, spring would never arrive, and winter would never leave. It's a good quote, right? And this quote connected to this idea that I learned in an Isabel Page video. I think this is maybe my third Time referencing Isabel Page on this podcast. I never realized how much of an impact she had on me. But if you haven't heard me speak about her in the last couple of episodes, Isabel Page is a creator who lives in a tiny house that she built in the woods. And in a video that I have linked down below of hers, she was thinking about the concept of winter and adjusting. And she was kind of struggling with adjusting to the slower pace of living. But upon reflection, she said that, you know, summer is a time of growth and newness and creation. And winter is a time of slowing down, stopping, and relaxing. And she feels that as a society, we ignore natural rhythms that nature teaches us. With life, there is death. With light, there is darkness. And instead, we continue just to do and produce a really true idea there's a lot that we can learn from things that are natural obviously i know that a lot of these points are kind of basic ideas that almost seem like common knowledge but i think that they also kind of go ignored in a lot of ways something i've been talking about in uh, <laughs> my human geography class recently is this idea of like environmental possibilism versus environmental determinism and uh environmental determinism oh shit Hopefully, I don't mix them up. That would be embarrassing. I have my finals next week (laughs) or my midterms. Okay, well, if I'm correct, environmental determinism is that the natural environment affects humans' ways of living. Like, we are only, we can only do as much as the natural environment will allow us. But environmental possibilism is the idea that we can use like resources to overcome natural. Incidences, like things that would prevent us otherwise. And I think that that's, you know, very applicable here where it's like we found so many ways, even on a basic scale, like heating our homes and our plushy duvet covers and clothing. You know, like we found so many ways to escape these natural rhythms that nature teaches us. And uh, I think that that has kind of taken us away from the idea of things that we can't control because we feel that we can control everything, which in a lot of ways we can, but not not impermanence not death really and it's argued that societies and communities that embrace this idea of impermanence are the happiest and most content because think about it if we try to make impermanent things permanent we cause ourselves to suffer when they eventually change by accepting this idea of impermanence we value things more and we don't attach our happiness to things remaining in their current state instead we learn to appreciate what we have while we have it because we know it won't last forever. Like we savor things more when we know that they're temporary and we don't really take them for granted. Think about like a, a holiday or a vacation that you've gone on. Those are like special times because you realize that it's fleeting and you don't have all the time in the world. Or seeing maybe if you have, like I think about my my extended family And it's really nice to go and see them and have that kind of like reunion or go see a cousin of mine because i'm like oh my gosh i only have you know four days with you but if i were to go and move and live next door to my cousin then it wouldn't be as special i guess that's kind of a very basic way to put a much larger idea but if i moved next to my cousin and looked at it through a lens of i only have so much time with you you know my cousin might be like what what do you mean and i'm like well we're gonna die, (laughs) which sounds dark. But if you treat life like those fleeting moments, like that, those short term things that we value more, and we don't take for granted, those temporary things, I don't think we view life as temporary, we view life as like something that we have, like life is like consistent in a way. And then within life, we break that up hours, days, um, weeks, months, and it's like, oh, I only see you for a week, and then it's over. Well, I can be like, oh, I only see you for, you know, 80 years, and then it's over. (sighs) But I could also take that mindset and be like, oh, well, I only get these people for 100 years, hopefully, and then it's over. (sighs) Like, you know, the same mindset isn't applied. And what I'm trying to say here is, immerse yourself fully into each moment, and have that awareness. Feel the gratitude for what each moment contains, because nothing is permanent. You're never going to have something forever, for real. I'm not trying to be like the podcaster that thinks that they're making like a revolutionary point. I, can't, I keep seeing these reels that it's like podcasters thinking that they're actually like <laughs> doing something, and it's the most basic ideas. But this is something that I really like for me, the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, I really feel that I gained something from it. I I really do. So just trying to share it. Just trying to share it. So yeah, this idea of immersing yourself fully into each moment, viewing life as temporary and impermanent, is actually a common teaching in Buddhism. Back to reference this book, The Comfort Crisis, he was talking about his experience. um, Anyway, the author was talking to someone about these Buddhist teachings, and um, the person he was talking to was describing that they view life as a walk, but they're walking towards a cliff and they don't know how close that cliff is to them. For those of you who are slow, the cliff is death and walking is life. And the not close part is because we could die at any moment. So anyway, um, acknowledging that the cliff is there allows you to alter your route in some way. Maybe you take the scenic path and you appreciate things more. Maybe you choose who you want to walk with you and how long you want to walk with them. Maybe when you're walking with them, you tell them how you really feel about them because you're scared that you're just gonna walk off the damn cliff. Hello. Maybe you'll take advantage. Maybe you'll say yes to things more. Maybe you'll take advantage of an opportunity and you won't make an excuse to stand in your own way. I have another note here that I think I was supposed to talk about a minute ago, but whatever. I want you guys to think of, like, a a once-in-a-lifetime memory or maybe, like, an event that was only a few hours. Maybe it was a concert or, like, a holiday or some, like, crazy experience, uh, meeting someone. I don't know. I think that those are usually more valued as we understand that they won't last and soon they will be over, and then we approach them with that mindset. And it's harder to comprehend the fact that eventually everything will come to an end. And even those things that you may think of as mundane that you do on a daily basis are going to come to an end it's just good to keep in mind. And I think that if you describe it as, yeah, I think about death all the time. Death is always in the back of my head. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're going to die. Everything's coming to an end. That's, that sounds sad. But when I love this idea of like, you you know, walking towards a cliff because that is what we're doing with every, with every moment. Every moment is fleeting. Make that, make that, I don't want to say positive, but make that a, something that you can utilize as something useful keep it in your minds and think about the idea of impermanence you don't want to regret stuff you you I mean we've all heard that people don't want to regret things I don't want to regret anything I would actually rather regret doing something than not doing something in most cases but like if I'm if I'm going if it's my time and I'm thinking about all the things that I've done with my life I would rather be like yeah yeah no I did a lot I did it I did all the things. I did the things I wanted to. And maybe some of those things weren't as great as I thought they were going to be. But I'd rather that than like, oh shit, like I I did nothing. This leads me to spirituality. And this one is probably the one that I know least about, I want to say. Or I feel is maybe more sensitive to cover. So I'm trying to adapt it in that way. But I think it fits in because the idea of giving your life meaning is common in Religion and spirituality, which is a struggle for me because like in in terms of like following a religion or having a set of um, spiritual ideas and beliefs, because how I describe my mindset and my my spiritual side, I guess, to people is that my belief is that like anything is possible and kind of like, who am I to claim that I know anything definitively? And so there's this idea that like, I won't deny the existence of anything within a religion or a belief system, but I'm also not going to subscribe to or follow one set of ideas because it's like, but how, how can I have any clue of what is actually in existence and what isn't? How can I deny something else? Because if I'm following one thing, essentially I'm, I'm choosing that over others. And it's more of like a, not imposter syndrome thing, but it's more of like a, who am I to say something is possible? And who am I to say that it's not? Who am I to say, like, this exists or this doesn't exist? I can't make either of those claims. And for a while I was like, I found comfort in just not knowing any of the answers. I was like, I don't know anything about anything and I still don't. And that's fine with me, which I think is a pretty good overall summary of my current mindset. But sometimes I think like, is that kind of naive? Like, not searching for an answer or being, like, closed-minded in a way? I don't know. It's just, like, the absolute dismissal of of anything uh, or of all, you know, religion, spirituality practices, I guess. Is that naive? Am I lacking something? But also, controversially, like, it's, like, instead of looking for an answer... Like, spend your time being grateful for the human experience. Like, I feel like sometimes when I think about this idea um, for myself, it's like a little devil and angel on each shoulder moment where I'm just arguing with myself. Because so much of the world and everything else in existence is unknown, even on this planet, even on this planet. Like, for, that's me. That's my mindset. I'm like, first, let's focus on what's here. You ever heard that 97, 95, 97, I don't know, percent of the oceans are undiscovered or unexplored? Excuse me, we're talking about higher powers when we don't even know what's swimming in our little oceans that we're swimming in. Like, the species in the unexplored ocean could be the higher power. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. The little megalodon down there could be the higher power that we're looking for. Y'all are looking up to the sky. Try looking underwater. Because we haven't. We haven't explored 95% of the oceans. So that's scary. That is scary. Like, for me... I feel like spirituality... I'm saying spirituality, but I don't know if I'm talking about religion or spirituality. I feel like religion, slash, a specific spiritual belief in the existence of one higher power, specifically, could be viewed as an easy escape from finding the answer. Like, believing in a higher power. Let's take the Christian God, for example. Like, saying that's the reason we're here. And our purpose is, like, what then? Like, making it to heaven? I guess. I don't know. But also, isn't that kind of escaping the thought of what comes after death? Like, if you're spending your life trying to be, like, good to make it to heaven, then that kind of dismisses this idea of, like, walking towards the end of the cliff. Because also, the thing is, you don't know what's under the cliff. I like that. I like that you don't know what's under the cliff. You're fallen. You don't know where. So make the most of the time that you have above the cliff And then if you fall, you know, maybe you are in a heaven situation where it's like, oh, well, what was I so scared about? This is even better. Or maybe it's nothing under the cliff. Or maybe you're infinitely falling forever. And that's what it is. We don't know. But then again, see what I mean as an argument? Then again, if we're talking about spirituality, it differs from religion. So one's spiritual relationship with a higher power could be much more broad. And honestly... I mean, there likely is some higher power because how the fuck, like, how did this all come to be without something, someone, some, some, some just creating all of it? I understand the importance of that relationship, I guess, or that belief for a lot of people. My question is, what is it? Like, if you really know, like, if you have some cold hard evidence for me, you come and tell me because I would love to know. I guess the idea of finding meaning in life could be approached through both an existentialist and spiritual lens, which would make them both valid ideas. Also, if, like, the meaning of life was discovered or proven, would it be fulfilling? Then what's the point of living to fulfill that meaning? Because isn't that in itself meaningless if we're just living for that one reason and that's supposed to be the meaning but it's unfulfilling, so is that meaningful? I guess, wouldn't we rather create our own framework for what's meaningful in our own lives? That's the idea of existentialism. Wouldn't we rather be responsible in that for ourselves? Or maybe it's more of a personal purpose than the same meaning for every living individual, and that's why we can never discover this meaning of life. That's why we can never answer that question with 100% confidence, because it differs. It's, a, it's an individual purpose. Or Or, or, or get this, Is the search and the struggle for finding the meaning of life, the meaning of life. Is that what gives us purpose? Or (laughs) does life just not have meaning? Are we all just insignificant? And we don't matter, and that concept is just too hard, like too hard of a pill to swallow for us. There is my there's my take on that. On that very nihilist note, I'm just gonna wrap up the episode before I like fling myself into the existential black hole. Start writing in my journal again. <laughs> I am, I'm off to Amsterdam this afternoon. I'm gonna go get my nose pierced because the nose piercing I have is actually fake. If you guys follow me on social media, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna go see my friend Isa, who is a saint because as my plans got canceled, she agreed to go to Amsterdam with me this weekend. And um, I think that that was very sweet of her. So that's what, that's the meaning of my life today. That's what I'm doing on my walk towards the end of the cliff today. Um, (laughs) It sounds fucking dark. Um, Yeah, I hope that this wasn't too heavy. I hope you're not, like, commuting to work and you're, like, shaking in your car now. Like, that's that's not the idea. But I think the message that I will leave you guys with and myself with is just value each moment today. Embrace impermanence today if you feel like it. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter, does it? (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this. I really, I do. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have anything to add, I know that I could keep talking about this. I would love to know your guys' take on this. I really would. So leave it in a review. Comment it on the Instagram. DM me on the Instagram. Put it in a YouTube comment of mine. I don't care where it is. I just want to hear it. I want to see it. I want to read it. And yeah, thank you so much for listening if you made it all the way here. I will see you guys in episode 8 next Wednesday. Goodbye.